0: Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at WDWS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Champaign-Urbana, Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate. If you happened to um, retire early last evening and you're just now getting up, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of things change since that time. No football game today. You probably heard yesterday uh, during the day that Ohio State coach Ryan Day tested positive. They had some other positives over in Columbus as well. They had planned to fly, normally you would fly Friday afternoon to an away game. They had planned to bump that back to uh, Friday night. Once it got to that point, Lauren, I thought, eh, this might be a little shaky. Then they were going to fly this morning, which is doable. It's only an hour flight, 45-minute flight, but... Uh, Late last night sometime between 9 and 10 I guess it was nine thirty. 30 yeah we got the word that the game is canceled so that's where we stand right now so we were going to be on early for an early uh, kickoff game and then we're back to our regular time so we'll uh, talk about all of that we've got the phone lines open 356-9397 we've got some scheduled guests for you Jeremy Werner will join us in just a few minutes Will Leach We'll also check in with us, and Dion Thomas as well. The basketball season underway. We do have a caller right out of the gate. Let's go to Chuck in Camargo. Hey, Chuck. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Okay. Uh,
2: can you hear me okay? I'm on my Bluetooth.
3: Go ahead. Okay.
2: Uh, I'm really starting to think that, uh, that I.O. kid might be the best guard that Illinois has ever had. You can argue with
3: me, Lauren, but I okay. I can't not, argue with you because in the three games that he's played, he's he's certainly been at that level. And
2: as far as coming back and all of that, he's a, he's a legend. He's way better than D Brown. I don't
3: care what anybody says. Yeah, he he really is. I mean, he he's better than D Brown, and I think that'll be shown in you know in his NBA play because I think he's going to be a lottery pick now. I mean, based on, but I mean, you can't base it on three home games, but. There's a lot of good games coming up, but he's, he's just so tough in the clutch. They just had no way to stop him.
2: For what he's done for this program, it's, it's
4: huge, Lauren. It's huge.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about it. They just got to get some guys playing along with him. You know, they've got to, they've got to develop. The interesting thing to me was early in that game, Steve, did you notice, they, they passed the ball around. They had a lot of teamwork early. Mm-hmm. And as that game evolved, it just became IO. During and,
1: the during the timeout and I was sitting next to Lauren and Scott Ritchie and Ken Brown and I walked there behind the Lauren and said every all 150 of us in this building know what's going to happen next. that's right <laughs> including the I've, opposing I've, team I've, I've and never, I've never seen a guard get to the basket so easy. It's almost like when he takes the ball
2: to the hole he's gonna score at 90% of the time. yeah and that's, that's what we need. that's huge.
1: All right, Chuck, good stuff. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Alan in Montrose here before we take our first break. Alan, what's on your mind this morning?
5: Uh, The situation with the football program. I'm sure everybody wanted to play a game and all that, but at the same time, we didn't really want to get beat like we probably would have. Uh, At least you now still got a good taste in your mouth from the Nebraska game, and then we can go from here. On. Now basketball, yeah, Lauren uh, I.O. changed his shot. I remember you complained about his shot being flat when he was a freshman. He's got good arch on his shot now.
3: Well, yeah, he's evolved. And he's I, evolved as a pretty good shooter, we think.
5: Yeah. Also, but my number one concern about this team is, if something happens to Kofi, what are we going to do? I mean, we don't. Well, we're going to finish
3: second. That's why <laughs> you're gonna, you're not going to win it. That's all. You're not going to win it without that's Kofi. You, he's he's the difference.
5: <clears throat> we do not have a six-eight to sixteen guy can play inside and outside, and most everybody else does, and that's going to be our number one weakness if something happens to Kofi. And uh, I guess that's all I got for today.
1: Okay, Alan. Thanks. You know the scary thing about. Kofi in my mind is not I don't I don't think about losing him. Of course injury is always a possibility to anybody, but when I look at him, I look at all the room yet for improvement. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, he brings oh, yeah. the ball down to the to ground and gets it knocked away by the little guys. He gets it
3: knocked away a lot and, 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 for a big guy but as he he strong a, as he is.
1: He, I know, yeah, for as strong as he is. But even sometimes when he does go up, he still gets that blocked or rejected or fouled, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think his hands
3: can he, get stronger, but he's a major problem for well, every sure. Team. He is. And the, uh, well, you
1: saw the segment of the game yesterday when they went to him three or four times straight, yeah, and they couldn't stop him. Yeah. yeah. Of course, and, Illinois and, wasn't stopping him. And one of those on times,
3: the Steve, he just outran his guy down the court. He got yeah. down there first, got the ball before the for his defender. Now he can run. He's a good runner, and he really takes up a lot of space. But they got to get. This is an opinion. They've got to get the team balanced better. Mm-hmm. It can't be just those two. It can't – it has to – the other – because you're going to face zones. You're going to face other kind of defenses that are going to take some things away as we go forward against Baylor and Duke and all the rest. By the way, we got a game December 5. We don't know who we uh, – yeah, TBA. TBA. De- yeah, we're playing TVA. Well, who's they're, TVA? Where are they located? They're tough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wherever they are, they're tough. There is, It's super secret. You know, you ever, you
3: ever see a game, though? You, you got a game in a week and yeah. you, don't, you don't even know who you're playing.
1: Notre Dame's looking for a game. Yeah. Did you see that well, for, for next weekend? I
3: saw that they're looking for a game. I wish we'd play them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 907, plenty to talk about on this edition of the show. By the
3: way, I was told the game is against a non-power. Okay. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know what that means. Well,
1: that makes sense. They've got uh, Baylor next Wednesday night, 9 o'clock, December 2nd, in Indianapolis.
3: Then Saturday, on wood. Then a Saturday game, and then uh, another game with Duke. Yep.
1: nine we'll take our first time out. Plenty of time for an open line as we move our way through. Jay Lehman will also join us. At 9.30, I mentioned Jeremy Warner. He's coming up next from 247sports.com, and then Will Leach in a little bit, and then Dion Thomas as well. On Illini Pellis, Saturday Sports Talk here on DWS. Back with more after this. Moving up on 9.10, Illini Pellis, Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. Glad you're with us this morning on... An unusual morning in an unusual year. kind of used to uh, uh, audibles, right, uh, LT? We're calling
3: them now.
1: (laughs) Calling the audibles here. Jeremy Werner joins us. We saw Jeremy the last uh, three days at the State Farm Center. We were going to see him again today at the Memorial Stadium, but uh, that's not going to happen. But, Jeremy, good morning. Appreciate you taking the time to visit with us for a few minutes. How are you?
6: Guys, um, I'm not uh, accustomed to having a free open Saturday to start putting the uh, <laughs> Christmas decorations up, so that's that's what I'm doing this morning. That's why I missed your first call. Apologies for that. But, no, no problem. Yeah, it's, uh, def- definitely 2020 right now, huh? Yeah. We...
3: Where do you want to start, Jeremy?
6: <laughs>
4: we had
3: we well,
6: had all I, I, those. I can tell you this. I can tell you this, Warren. They tried Ohio State. Tried everything to get that game in. You it, bet. Because obviously they have every they have every reason. Uh, to do that game. And uh, my dad kept asking me guys over the summer, are they going to play college football? And my best answer was for them, uh, well, I think they're going to try. And uh, I think that's all you can try to do this year is, is try to play games. But uh, I think we all thought there would be some starts and stops, and we thought the SEC would go through that. They have. Uh, the Big Ten has good protocols in place. And I think today, guys, is proof that there are good protocols in place because, again, Ohio State has every reason – to play and they have a lot to lose by not playing today and uh, they chose to cancel. So I I think that says that uh, the right protocols are in place but it's just it's a messy year and that's why it's hard to evaluate a lot this year uh, with the program and all that and uh, obviously there's some lost revenue to all the Big Ten schools without having these games. So yeah it's just it's, it's a messy year
3: and I think this was to be expected. What about next week? I mean, that's a big question. Now, Will Ohio State be able to play Michigan State? Because if they don't, you know what it means. Not enough games. Yeah, and I did hear uh, Heather Dinnish
6: from ESPN say as long as the average of games played in the Big Ten is eight, um, that uh, you can't miss more than three games, but that average might slip um, given how many teams we have. And, And you wonder if the Big Ten will, change the rules on the fly here um uh, just to fit a team like ohio state but yeah i mean if, if they can't play today warren that that tells me they've crossed that threshold of positive tests right just like wisconsin did just like maryland did and so. I, I see a lot of line fans sitting there saying well we played and we had all these guys out with positives and, and that's not true when only had two positives, right? Right, right they had six or seven guys out with contact tracing and they chose to continue playing. So this is a different situation with Ohio State. They seem to have a real outbreak there. Um, And, yeah, Warren, if they can't play today, I don't know how they play the next couple weeks because that means those guys are out for three weeks, just like Brandon Peters. So I I don't know if Ohio State plays another game before December
1: 19th. Yeah, we don't know who the players are, and I I don't know that that terribly matters at this point. But uh, the fact that they probably have – would have to have at least five or six positives. I
3: I can't get away from looking at one thing. We're going to have Indiana playing Northwestern for the championship of the Big Ten, and we're going to have Iowa State playing for the championship of the Big Ten. Now you tell me the odds on Indiana, Northwestern, and Iowa State all being in playoffs this year.
6: (laughs) Why not? Well, you know, everyone loves the uh, chaos of of college basketball and, you know, kind of the, the greatness of having like, you know, such a short schedule and one and done. So why not this year? I mean, it, it's a crazy year. We might as well have some, some crazy teams fitting here. And I think uh, Indiana Northwestern, or, you know, if Northwestern goes undefeated here, wins the Big Ten championship, as odd as it sounds, they'd have a case for the college football playoff there.
1: They would. And if Ohio State does get to play again and does not lose, but still doesn't have enough games to play in the Big Ten championship game, they could be the second place, well, you know, they could be an undefeated team that didn't win the Big Ten championship but could still be in the playoffs.
4: It's, it's crazy. And I think
6: they would be, Steve. I think they would be, right? I think the committee would put them in just because they've seen the eye test. They, they've beaten some top teams, and they've beaten them handily. And uh, as long as they win one more game, I, I think they would. Uh, it wouldn't be popular. But given what the, uh, the Big 12 and the, the Pac-12 look like, and given um, Ohio State, what they've done this year, and in, in, in their history, I think they'd put them in.
3: Yeah, I think, I think we kind of agree with you. If they would beat Michigan in the final, and then probably play Wisconsin or Iowa in a game, which is not a playoff game, It's just a basically a second place game, you could call it. Or and and if they th- that would give them. Let's see, that would give them six, seven wins. They'll give them six wins. They give them. They'd be six and zero if they do that, wouldn't they?
1: Well, they're four and zero oh now. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So if they yeah. were six and zero, would the would the uh, committee? That, that picks the Final Four, would they choose them over an Indiana team that they defeated? I
6: would. I think they have to. I think they have to, and I think you'd probably take them over Northwestern unless Northwestern clobbers Indiana and goes undefeated, right? So uh, that could be a tougher case, but uh, the committee's got their work cut out for them this year, that's for sure.
1: Well, you talked about uh, the Big Ten, unless they change the rules midstream, and they're the only ones that can do it. They set the rules and the guidelines for the the Big Ten Conference, I suppose they could rethink that. I don't know how popular that might be around the league, though.
6: Yeah, I don't know if they do that because uh, again, like you know, it's not like Michigan or it's not like Ohio State wouldn't play a game against a quality opponent, right. right? So I, I, I still think Ohio State, like we're talking about, would still have that. And to go back and change the rule just for Ohio State—that's obviously showing favorites and it's obviously changing the rules uh, for, for your best program. So I think that'd be a pretty bad look. I, I think they just go ahead with. You know Indiana and Northwestern and have you know Ohio State play Wisconsin, which actually might be the better game for them to, to make a case for the college football playoff. When all is said and done,
1: talking to Jeremy Werner from Twenty Four Seven Sports, Illinois Inquirer. Let's move to the round ball scene, and so far so good, at least as far as getting the games in uh, without any issue. But it was the last three days at the State Farm Center were, were kind of strange in the fact that uh, you're playing basically what looked like a practice or a scrimmage game and nobody there and uh, some of us media folks there but Illinois came out and posted three wins two easy ones and one that uh, went down to the wire yesterday that turned out to be a pretty good ball game I mentioned to Lauren said this looks kind of like a big 10 game early in the season perhaps that is well not perhaps there's no doubt that's a a learning uh, session for Brad Underwood to use in upcoming practices
6: yeah, I wrote before we even talked to Brad. I think that probably went exactly how he went. He basically said that's how he'd like it to go. As long as they won, right? If they yeah. were lost, he wouldn't have said that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think they need to be punched in the mouth a little bit. I mean, listen, they looked unbeatable in two games against opponents that are bottom 50 in the Ken Palm, right? And, and that's how a top 10 team should look. So there's no uh, – they were fantastic. I thought defensive end, they were locked in. Offensively, they were a little sloppy, but you saw some of the firepower they have and Adam Miller obviously is a bucket getter that they sorely needed on this team uh, Kofi Coburn's a force uh, Demonte Williams is hitting threes now as well as anybody on the team and and guys I tell you what um, I, I know you guys know what a national player of the year contender is but I know there's a generation of Illini fans who don't and I would assume who is playing like a national player of the year candidate now he's got he's got to do it against uh, you know better teams here but uh, he's improved his game immensely, uh, just from an all-around perspective, creating for teammates, getting after the glass, which is important after Alan Griffin and Andres Felice left. But, you know, you think of the players that won National Player of the Year or, or contending for it each year. Nobody's got one of those this year, and uh, he carried them uh, for most of the game yesterday. And uh, he went head-to-head with Jason Preston, who was fantastic. I, I thought I actually played great defense on him for most of the game. But uh, the rest of the supporting cast outside Demonte Williams really – Seemed to lack some energy uh, in that game, which three games in three days you expect. But I think they were feeling pretty good about themselves. And Ohio came in as one of the better teams in the MAC, looking to uh, take down a Giant and get on Sports Center. And uh, they almost did. Uh, if it weren't for Demonte Williams and, and I would assume who had some heroics, Trent Frazier made a couple of nice passes down the stretch. And, and Kofi had a good run there. But I think that's what they needed. They need to get into a fight uh, before they go against Baylor because, boy, that's going to be a big time fight. That's a great team. And uh, we'll find out a lot more about Illinois on Wednesday. But I think that's how Brad Underwood wanted to go. Have, have a couple games where you get to see the guys, gain some confidence, and and then maybe get uh, humbled a little bit in the third game there.
1: Boy, yeah. Io's got a burst of speed or another gear that I think he's probably always had. But I think what makes a difference this year, Jeremy, is that he's a little bit stronger. He's uh, he's put on a little bit of weight and muscle in the upper body. When he goes up, he, either he's either going to score or you're going to foul it.
6: Yeah, um, he's obviously added what ten pounds uh, in the off season of muscle, and you can see it. It's it's good muscle too. You know, Malcolm Hill kind of bulked up a little bit too much when when he became a senior, but and lost some of the burst a little bit, which he didn't have much of. But uh, I has not lost any of that burst, and and adds that strength. And, and his jumper looks fantastic, and he is finishing better. Again, we got to see it against top level competition, but uh, we've seen him do it against top level competition. So uh, he's a guy who can carry you, and you need one of those players. Uh, to be in the Big Ten title hunt, to be in the national player, or being the Final Four contention, right? So uh, he certainly is that. I mean, he—he's the best player Illinois has had in in a long, long time.
3: Yeah, he's—he's he's, way he's playing right now. We're we're comparing with anybody, but I, mm-hmm. I wonder can Illinois get away with uh, six foot three power forward? Now I, I'm I'm going to say yes, but I just I think it's a it's a legitimate question because. Uh, Damati Williams is, uh, is going to be playing that four a lot this year, and I, I like the three-guard concept with Damati there, but I just wonder, is that going to work in the long term? Well, Warren, I think they need um,
6: Kofi Coburn more locked in defensively to do it, right? Uh, you know,
3: It's weird because
6: over the last three games, Kofi had 45 points and 35 rebounds, right? And there's just not been a player uh, who could do that for Illinois in a long time. He just walks onto the court against some of these opponents, and you you know he's going to get a double-double. It's three straight double-doubles. But I I thought he looked disengaged yesterday. Uh, Defensively, he wasn't locked in. I felt like he was uh, hunting block shots and didn't get any block shots. And, And Ohio was able to finish at the rim pretty well. Uh, They got a couple offensive rebounds that that I know Brad Underwood didn't like, and and they took advantage of him in the pick and roll. So uh, that's where he's really got to improve to be an NBA prospect. And and then offensively, you know, Kofi's got all these dunks that are just unbelievable, uh, and he's just a brute force. uh, And they're so much better with him on the floor. They were plus 15 with him on the floor, minus 10 with Georgie yesterday. But even Brad said he's played okay, you know, like he had those – Turnovers. He's had sloppy hands. He's not catching the ball very well. Um, He's not making his hook shots. He still isn't showing a lot of skill there. Um, So, you know, as much improvement as we've seen Iowa in just three games, I just haven't seen a huge jump for Kofi. Now, he's still an impact player, um, obviously, because he's getting double-doubles every game, and he's one of the most valuable players. They just don't have anyone like him on the team. But there's another gear there that that I think you're looking for in in Kofi. He's had such a high standard. Last year, and if he wants to be an NBA draft pick, he's going to have to take that next step. And through three games, a small sample, but uh, I think you got to see more from him defensively to make up Warren um, for that lack of size out on the perimeter.
3: Yeah, because they had he hasn't faced anybody even close to his own size in there, and no. He's just kind of had his own way. But well, I just uh, I think that, that Kofi is um, he he's a really strong college center. I don't know where it goes beyond that. I haven't seen that. I, he's not a he's not an NBA player yet, and uh, I think right. that and and I think that uh, Io is. Where are they going to pick up the extra points? Well, I, I think you
6: saw Adam Miller can do it, uh, but it's not going to come as easy as it did against North Carolina A and T, right? I mean, he can shoot. He missed some open jumpers yesterday that I think are going to go in, but I think the last couple of days what he showed is kind of a. Uh, a secondary game where he can attack the glass. He's got, he's got a big 10 body. So I, I yep. think he's going to be along with Kofi. I mean, those are probably going to be your top three scorers, just because he can score at every level. He got some free throw on a couple of times yesterday. Uh, but I think a huge key um, one is, is Demonte Williams guys. The last 12 games, he's made 15 of 26 threes. He's been your best three point shooter, which given everything else he does, I think he's been uh, the number two in team MVP voting through three games. Um, with all the all he's doing on the glass defensively, and, and he's got a great assist-to-turnover ratio. So he's the glue guy that's now scoring five to six points a game. And it, and it kind of reminds me of what Chris Kramer did with all those Purdue teams under Matt Painter. Um, that's just an invaluable piece. But Trent Frazier is a huge X-factor, right? When, when he's making threes, um, this team is really, really tough to beat. And I, I thought he disappeared for a big stretch there yesterday. Came up with some big plays down the stretch, though. I uh, got to give him credit. He, he had a couple assists and hit a big three, got the big steal, got a free throw late in the game, but uh, just kind of disappeared there for a while offensively. And, you know, Thursday he had a really strong game, had 14 points. But uh, to beat teams like Baylor, like Duke, they need Frazier and Miller uh, in double digits and hitting multiple threes. And I uh, don't know how consistent that'll be. Um, so th- that remains to be seen. And uh, they need a little punch off the bench. And, and Andre Cabello looked like he rolled an ankle and looks fine, but uh, he's, he's going to be important because that is a concern is their depth right now without Austin Hutcherson. Not sure what you're going to get out of Jacob Grandison. I thought he had a first good couple games. Really wasn't good yesterday, especially defensively. And, and Coleman Hawkins got yanked because he lost a couple guys in transition. So uh, not a very deep bench there. So they're going to rely a lot uh, on their main scores. And, and Miller and Frazier are going to be big points for that.
3: Jeremy, I got a question. I'm going to ask Dion. I'll ask you. How do you stop the back down dribble? How do you stop the the ball when it's in the in the block, uh, so to speak, and the guy just starts backing you down? How can you stop it without fouling? That's a
6: better question for Dion. Uh, I think DeMonte Williams is actually pretty good at it. He just doesn't have a lot of length to him, right? That's why yeah. that's why guys can take advantage of him. Trent Frazier, uh, it's kind of the same way. Uh, you just got to hold your ground and stay vertical. I think that's the best key. But uh, the offense usually has an advantage as long as they can hold that that post position. That's probably a better question for a guy who played the game at that high level.
3: Well, I tell game. you, Ohio just destroyed Illinois with that uh, doing that, and and with the pick and roll. I mean, they just they hurt Illinois badly. I thought Illinois' defense was so outstanding the first two games. With they yep. I thought they punked Illinois yesterday with with that.
6: Which I, which I think was good for them uh, because you know those those two teams the first two teams were terrible offensive. So as good as, as I think only came out great energy and just dominated uh, you know right away defensively. Uh, I, I think yesterday showed what happens when they let up a little bit and when a team has a little film on them uh, and kind of Brad said coming in I want to see our our weaknesses exposed and uh, I think they found that out and again those pick and roll situations Kofi. Again, yeah, I agree with you, Warren. If he's going to be an NBA player, that that's something he has to be able to do. Uh, and He wasn't doing it very well. DeMonte obviously has a height disadvantage, so those are things you're going to have to fix uh, going into the next couple of games, but that's why you love having these games. You can get a win, you can make mistakes, and, and still find a way to stay undefeated. All
1: right, Jeremy, I'm going to give you some commercial time on me to tell me a little more about uh, your website, the Delonai Inquirer, who you've got working with you, what your main focus is. So... Take off. Got any Black
4: Friday deals?
1: (laughs) Yeah, appreciate the plug there, Steve. Uh, (laughs) We got
6: uh, a 75% off sale going right now. You get a full year subscription. It's more than $75 off. And, you know, every game we have player grades. We have multiple stories up. I got one on Demonte Williams today. Derek Piper has one just on uh, yesterday's learning experience and, of course, all the, the latest football and basketball recruiting news there. So uh, take advantage of that deal. It's, it's our best of the year if you want to sign up for the latest and most in-depth on Illinois.
1: Appreciate your time. Always good to visit with you, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Jeremy.
6: Appreciate you guys having me.
1: You bet. Jeremy Werner from Illini Inquirer, 247sports.com. 927 is the time. Illini Pedal Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Stay with us. 929 here on WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk with Mr. Tate. I'm Steve Kelly with you until 11 today on an altered schedule with no Ohio State, Illinois football. Jay Lehman is on the phone with us, kind enough to join us. You got studio duty today, Jay?
2: No, no studio duty today. You know, I usually do a show on, uh, on Fridays, but that was mixed up a little bit yesterday because... Well, uh, you know, we got a game on Friday with uh, Nebraska-Iowa, and now there's so many basketball games uh, that we have a certain limit of people that can be in the studio. (laughs) And they're producing a lot of those basketball games from uh, the studio in Chicago, and so they've had to ax out the Friday show uh, for football to get us underneath the threshold of numbers. So... This thing, as we know and as we've seen today and yesterday, it just affects everything. So it's been a little bit, uh, a little tricky.
1: Iowa won that football game over Nebraska, twenty-six to twenty yesterday. So um, Iowa now four and two on the season. And Illinois was expected to uh, play today and be a a heavy underdog against Ohio State. Everybody knows the story by now. But uh, the more that went on through the day yesterday with. The announcement of Ryan Day testing positive, and then the announcement that they were going to wait till the evening instead of the afternoon to fly, and that was followed by, well, we're going to fly Saturday morning. It didn't look good, as you uh, tracked that uh, throughout the day yesterday.
2: Right. Yeah, they were kicking the can down the road, doing the best they could to try to get the game in. Um, and I guess the, the the big question now is for Ohio State. Um the current Big Ten rules is you know you can't play in the Big Ten championship you have less than six games unless everybody else on average has less than than eight games and so it, it's dicey if they get canceled next week if they could even make it to the Big Ten championship they're certainly the best team in the Big Ten right now so that's interesting
3: well that means that uh, Indiana could be playing Northwestern in a playoff that you predicted, I'm sure, Jay. <laughs>
2: oh man, I, I, those, are, those are my top. Those, those are my top two picks, you know for sure. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. Northwesterns had a had a great bounce back year, and Iowa. Uh, you know, if they lose to Purdue, and obviously Northwestern came back to them, they could be sitting at, you know, six and zero. I think breaking in Petrus, their first year quarterback, took a toll on them early. But uh, you know, it's it, it's the Big Ten, and uh, I feel bad for this game. Uh, getting canceled for for Illinois and Ohio State's sake, you know, obviously Ohio State's probably was heavily favored, but you, you saw some momentum from Illinois the last two weeks. From from the last time I talked to you guys two weeks ago, which is prior to the Rutgers game, you know, I think people were at least more positive about the Illini. Well, that's
3: what we want to talk to you about. What do you see different about this uh, Illinois team as they get ready for Iowa? Where are uh, what improvements do you see? What chance do they have to beat Iowa?
2: Well. I mean, it was like, you know, I was watching that Nebraska game last week, and it was like, I finally know what it feels like to be playing a team like, uh, you know, like Illinois. Like, we had reversed it. Like, there was, like, these – these. There's a bunch of turnovers. There was inopportune penalties by Nebraska. I was like, this looks like I'm watching Illinois. When it was actually Nebraska. It looks like we had a dominant win. We've got so many people have dominant wins over Illinois. Like that, we can't do anything right. It was good to be on the other side, but that was a complete football game. It wasn't just the turnovers. They ran the ball. Peters obviously converted on on, on stuff in the air. That's been talked about all week. Uh, Nebraska's got a bunch of issues, uh, but it goes to show you that when you get a quarterback, uh, you got a chance, and, and uh, Illinois did that. When I look at the Iowa game, this is a program, help me out here, was it two or three years ago that we got beat 63 to nothing? uh by iowa i can't remember what what two, year that was two years ago two years ago yeah mm-hmm. all, all i all i know is that i was announcing the game and it was by nine minutes to go in the second quarter it was 35 nothing and then we looked at the at my broadcast bar, i looked at each other and said what do we do now just keep talking <laughs> right
4: you guys <laughs>
2: keep you guys talking both, you guys have both you guys have both been there so um this is a this is a program that has really had Illinois number illinois seems to struggle on teams that can run the football and play defense uh Iowa hasn't necessarily run the football great over the last two or three years, but they've always run it good against Illinois. So I think it's a very tough matchup for Illinois. I I actually had thought that out of the three remaining teams, Illinois matched up worst against Iowa. That That was even including Ohio State, because I think Illinois could score against Ohio State's defense. I'm not sure anybody can stop their offense. But I think the worst matchup is actually Iowa, so I think it's going to be the toughest, uh, a very tough game next week. I think Northwestern—it's a better matchup.
1: You wow. and a lot of other people uh, think that Ohio State is still the best team in the Big Ten. With that said, who's next? Who's in the second best team?
2: Well, I—I I, I think that's a—that's a really good question. I think you know, there's there's three teams that you know kind of come to the top in my mind when we talk about that, and that is. Uh, Northwestern, uh, Indiana, and then Iowa. Uh, although Iowa had those two early losses, I think they're playing as good as anybody uh, in the conference right now. Um, and, you know, Northwestern has really dodged bullets. Uh, and some people could argue, uh, as far as argue, if this is for the Marines, a lot of times they play a team that has a bye week, you know, the prior week because of because of COVID, whether it was Purdue, whether it was when they played Wisconsin, whether it was when they played – maybe it wasn't Wisconsin, but whether they played um, some other – Michigan State, they're playing this week uh, and and they had a bye last week because of the COVID. Um, They've really had the advantage of having rhythm every week where other teams have not had that rhythm. And I think we see that with the teams that other than Ohio State, Indiana – we see it with Northwestern, we see it now with Iowa, the ability to play every week has really set apart some of these teams as opposed to the other teams that have had some issues. And so, um, yeah, I I, I think Northwestern, I think Indiana, uh, I I think Ohio State, I I really don't think this this Ohio State is nearly as good as the team last year. Uh, Offensively, they might be – uh, equal if they can't run the ball without J.K. Dobbins the same way, and they certainly don't have the same defensive prowess. I, I don't see them winning a national championship, even if they got in the way they're playing defense right now. But, I mean, in 2014, I didn't see them win a national championship by then, they got hot.
3: What's the, Going back to Iowa, what's the secret of their playing defense the way they do year after year? It seems <laughs> like Their line play just seems to be so consistent, and they don't get five-star players.
2: Oh, no, they never do, and neither, usually Wisconsin doesn't either. And, you know, they kind of have a mold. They're going to go after, and they're going to develop them. And it's going to be very hard to play as a true freshman or, or a redshirt freshman. They're going to register a lot of people, and they're going to develop them. They had a great strength program. Obviously, Chris Doyle, um, you know, resigned or, or got fired uh, this summer uh, due to some of the allegations that were out there, but they've had a very good – he was the strength coach. Uh, they've had a very good strength program for years. They, You know, Norm Parker got that defense going. I believe in '99 when Ferentz came and it's Phil Parker. No relation took over. They've had you know Parker as a defensive coordinator now for 22 years. They know their defense. It's very simple. All eyes on the uh, quarterback. Helps them get more interceptions. Doing that, they've led the they actually led the nation in interceptions over the past three years. And so they create turnovers and they control the ball. And uh, it's enough to win football games. At least you know six to eight a year. And then every now and then they have a ten win season.
3: And they were one of those teams. They and Purdue did it. that just popped up out of the blue to just whack Ohio State. Uh, I I was wondering if that was possible for Illinois today to have that one game. You know, where you just catch Ohio State napping somehow, which they did.
2: Well, yeah, anything's possible. We saw how we saw Purdue do that, Uh, as you said. We saw Iowa do that. I'm not not sure Illinois has the horses outside of the turnover uh, factor to really get that done. But I don't think this Ohio State team is as good as people, you know, think they are or as good as they've been in teams in the past. Uh, I think there's one of the better offenses we've seen. But for years, whenever we see Ohio State, they, they, they've always had a really good defense. Going back to when we played them in 2007, I think they were their scoring defense was giving up seven and a half points a game. Um, and quite frankly, I thought the 2006 Ohio State team with Troy Smith Uh, was a much better team than the, than the 2017. But that's neither here nor there, Ohio state's got players, no matter what, I'm just not sure they're as dominant as people think they are. And I thought this game would actually be closer uh, than people thought. I thought Illinois would get, you know, whacked there in the second half, but that's, it could have been like a 42 to 21 game.
1: Hey Jay, good stuff. We appreciate you as always. And we'll talk some big 10 football with you, uh, down the road, not too far down the road.
2: Yeah, yeah, no no problem, guys, and uh, thanks for still uh, filling in on a on a day we're supposed to have a game and we don't. You guys are still at it, so I appreciate all you guys do.
1: Okay, Thank
2: thanks,
3: you,
1: Jay. Jay, Jay Lehman with us here Bye-bye. on Illini Pella's Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a break and be back with more at 9.39. Stay with us. 941 Illini Pella's Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly with you until 11 o'clock. Originally, we were scheduled to be on from 8 to 9 because of our pregame football coverage, but uh, no game today. The Ohio State game, as you certainly know by now, has been canceled. It was canceled about 9.30 last evening. We had a caller off the air ask what happens to that TV money <laughs> <laughs> that they would have gotten today. Well, there is no TV money that uh, comes from that. Uh, obviously, advertising uh, pays the bills there, and uh, the game's not on TV, so that money will not come the way of the uh, Big Ten Conference. Happy to welcome uh, Will Leach into the program. Uh, not much going on this morning, Will, so we thought we'd just kind of chew the fat with you around uh, the breakfast table. How are you doing?
7: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm a lot less fun than the pregame. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we all must be rather uh, uh, talking talk strategy, but uh, I think uh, I think you could certainly see, uh, you guys are closer to this than me, but it certainly uh, felt like yesterday afternoon that this was, this was probably what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, we saw that with the the uh, announcement of Ryan Day testing positive, and then them Ohio State uh, changing their flight plans a couple of times to where they had it where they were going to fly over this morning, which is doable. Uh, I mean, it's only a forty-five minute flight, but uh, that didn't look good when they started talking about that, and that meant they had to test one more time last night before that, and that obviously is when the uh, the other positives or showed up, or they surpassed the number that they felt uh, they could play. And it's unfortunate for everybody involved, uh, including the TV revenue that would have come in. But Ohio State had a lot on the line there because they'd already missed a game.
7: Yeah, you know, and I have to say, um, I, the farther and farther we get along uh, in, in sports in general, but in college sports specifically, The more kind of the Big Ten's cautiousness, I would argue, is looking increasingly warranted. Uh, Obviously, with the cases kind of exploding all the way, but I really don't think it should be overlooked exactly kind of what happened with Gonzaga and Auburn in basketball yesterday. Uh, You know, Gonzaga had a positive test with someone on their team. They all traveled together, but then they decided that they would just sit him out and go ahead and play. And Auburn was okay with that. And I think they're in Florida, and Florida is a little more relaxed than some other states are about this. I think if they were... Playing in California or Illinois, for example, they might not have been allowed to play. Uh, I hope that turns out okay for Gonzaga, but uh, certainly, you know, I think that particularly when it comes to college basketball, it's better to take to miss maybe one game than potentially miss two weeks of games. I think that Gonzaga-Auburn situation is really going to be worth keeping an eye on in the next in the next week or so because that's something we've really not seen in college sports yet: is a team pushing forward to play a game. Even though, really, I'm not necessarily, I think a lot of medical professionals would say maybe to hold off a little bit. So uh, I know it's frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating for Ohio State. These guys start getting, being a little bit nervous about whether or not they're even going to be able to play the Big Ten championship game if they make it that far. Uh, There's certainly reason reason, reason for concern, but, uh, uh, you know, it's an unprecedented time, and I think uh, caution is usually the best call.
3: Well, what do you see as the national implications of this? With Ohio State, everybody's jumping on it because you know they were, it was assumed they'd make the Final Four. Well, how do you see this uh, working its way out as, with Ohio State uh, falling so far behind in games play? They've already lost the Maryland game, you know.
7: Yeah, and I think it's gonna, it will be fascinating. Too, because also, remember, we weren't sure who exactly – we still don't know who's tested positive. Like, it's possible that, like, a, uh, like a, I don't know – we don't know if it's Justin Fields. It probably isn't, but certainly could be. And that's the point is that, like, you know, this is such a strange year that assuming – I, I thought the same thing going into this year. Like, wow, no wonder Ohio State wants to play so badly. They've got such a good team. They've got a ticket to the uh, College Football Playoff. But uh, assume nothing in 2020 uh, to say the very least. Yeah, if they miss one more game, and I think there's a there's a there's like an addition to the rule where if the average Big Ten team plays under a certain number of games, they can kind of still sneak in that game. But you know, I I think it's just an example of the, the challenge that was going to be there all along and. Frankly, you know, why the key for Ohio State, and I think a lot of teams in this situation, is to keep things contained uh, as opposed to, uh, to to pushing forward, but maybe they shouldn't have. You, know, you look at a team like Clemson, some of the stuff that Dabo Sweeney's talking about right now where uh, basically the, the opposing team, Decided that, uh, that their doctor said, yeah, we think this is not safe for us to play the game, and he spent all week taunting them for being afraid to play them. So I think that's maybe not the best perspective in this either. Mm-hmm. I think Ohio State, you still feel like you know we'll see what happens next week. But if they miss that next game, you know they that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that they have to miss the Big Ten Championship because of it, but you know what? My general I think we've said this before, but my general philosophy for all sports this year is I'm just kind of grateful we're getting them at all. <laughs> so I'm certainly – while I'm sure it's frustrating for Ohio State fans if it comes to that, uh, they've gotten to see games in a way that, you know, a couple months ago it looks like they weren't going to see any at all. Well,
3: here's uh, something I want you to comment on. I just looked up today and I see Wisconsin's best football player has decided he's not going to play anymore. Because really, they can't reach the championship, and they've got virus problems. So he just stepped out. Minnesota's best receiver has uh, switched to back, and he's not going to play anymore. I'm just wondering, if Ohio State doesn't play today, which they're not, and if Ohio State doesn't play next weekend, how many of those super players at Ohio State that are headed for the NFL will take that step and not play any more college football in the virus? Yeah, I
7: think yeah I think you'll see it, and frankly you know this isn't virus related but you know the road to this was pretty was cleared when you started to see those star players stop skipping those start skipping those bowl games if there wasn't a national championship involved in it you know you've seen that yeah. pretty common now remember when it when that first started happening, yeah. everyone was very outraged, right like don't they care about their teammates? And we kind of don't really care anymore. <laughs> and I think this, this is kind of the, uh, you don't really hear a lot of backlash against those players anymore. And I think it's because there's an understanding. I would argue this is the downside of the college football playoff. I think there's a lot of upsides to it. But clearly, when you make it to where, if you're not in a national championship game, basically everything is an exhibition for some of those top tier teams. Not for an Illinois, it's exciting to get to a bowl game. But if, but if you're not, you know, if you're Ohio State or you're Georgia or you're, you know, you're, you're one of those top programs, if you're not playing for a national championship, I mean, Georgia's is number nine in the country right now and nobody cares about the rest of the football season here because they're not going to play for a national championship. And so I think that, uh, I think you're seeing that. And I think the virus, frankly, I think it makes even more sense in this regard, you know, for, and particularly particularly when it's not just for professional reasons. Remember, you know, a lot of these people are going to be able to come back at the same designation in their class next year. You know, it's considered kind of a free year in a lot of ways, you know, it, it, Hopefully, Ohio State gets three more games, may only get two or even one, at a certain level, you can understand of like what is the point to play a what is essentially an exhibition game uh in front of no fans whoa
4: whoa
3: whoa 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 whoa, you, whoa, whoa, is, is you mean Ohio State, no Michigan is an exhibition game now. <laughs>
7: Listen, I I think I think Harbaugh would be okay with that. Actually, at this point, he'd be like, "Yes, it doesn't count. It doesn't count." Uh, But yes, I I, I see what I see what you mean. But I I certainly think it it obviously is more than that. But from these players' perspective, you know, I mean, uh, they're trying to win a national championship. Yeah, that's that's what they're trying to show up. They're trying to get that exposure in the college football playoff. You know, so sorry, I I don't think it's an exhibition game. But if you're, yeah, it's also not my potential torn ACL on the line, or not my potential uh, uh, exposure to a virus, uh, when you've seen a lot of teams, a lot of coaches, be a little laissez-faire about it. So I can understand some of the concerns, and I think this is what happens when you have a college football playoff. The idea, that's exactly what you're talking about, the idea that Ohio State-Michigan would be thought of as not that big of a deal, because of the potential uh, college football playoff game I think tells you how much the college football playoff has changed things.
1: Talking to Will Leach, and none of us could have predicted just about anything that has happened in 2020, but when they did start football back in September, and you know, and that's before the Big Ten decided to be involved in it. Did you have any idea how it might go? Do you think it's gone like you thought it might? Do you, do you think there's been more cancellations than you anticipated, or did you even think about that?
7: I certainly thought the Big Ten would have more cancellations than any other league, and I think because they they have been very explicit about how they've got a, a high, lower uh, lower threshold for canceling a game than say down here in the SEC do, does you know I think that and the idea I mean listen, if it turns out that Justin Fields again. I we there's no. I'm not saying Justin Fields has tested positive for COVID, but the rules of the of the Big Ten is if you test positive for COVID, you've got to say, what 21 days. That is since that is essentially the rest of the regular season. So the, uh, other schools don't have that. The SEC doesn't have that. Uh, the Big 12 doesn't have that. You know you've seen a lot of other schools be much more lax about that. So because of that, the Big Ten has been more stringent. So I expected you would see those sort of cancellations. And frankly. You know, it's funny to think because you know I, I I think back to late July and early August when baseball was having its struggle and everyone was like, "Wow, look how look, baseball should have never come back! Look how crazy they're being! They're so reckless!" And now you look back and they the most stringent. We got this I'm serious, pretty big deal to be clear with Justin Turner. Uh, they would have gone about two months without a positive test. Now we're in a more of a uh, of a spike now than we were uh, in October, but there were still plenty of cases around. I think baseball maybe uh, is was a better example of how to handle the virus than maybe some of these other leagues that were kind of mocking baseball back in the day. You know, I think you re- we've seen this consistently over and over and over in every sport, and not just every sport, but you know, I mean, we've seen it across every institution in America. If you don't take extreme steps to lock things now, if not as they lock down an economy, but just lock down like where you are and and isolate and and contact trace, the situation can get out of hand very quickly. And I think that's what you're seeing at Ohio State and what you've seen uh, at a lot of places uh, uh, really around America.
3: Well, Will, we've uh, kept you on this subject uh, this long. Uh, Any other things popping up in your life these days? What are you writing about? What are you talking about?
7: I actually wrote about Illinois basketball today, actually. Oh, I, wow. I, I write a weekly newsletter. I wrote about Illinois basketball today. And uh, just really about how, you know, for me, these last three games of being able to watch Illinois basketball, you know, it's different. It's strange it's with no fans. It was very bizarre to watch that game against Ohio yesterday and realize, wow, the Ohio bench may have controlled the first half of that game. That's right. <laughs> because there, were no, there was no crowd to, to kind of out – to out yell them. And I think Illinois, you have to ma- match the intensity on the bench. And it's actually just as important, uh, but kind of just how grateful I was to see it again. You know, for me, you know, as I grew up in Mattoon, I watched all the games, on WCIA when they would like whatever the CBS local programming was, WCIA was going to cut in on it to show Illini games. I remember Dan Road even calling the games back in the day. So uh, I wrote about really how just seeing Illinois basketball back, and obviously we're excited that the team is good, but just, you know, when you think about the pandemic and about how it's taken so many of us, not just out of our routines, but just out of our comfort zones and out of uh, and really into some difficult places and we've lost loved ones. And we, you find yourself even in this Thanksgiving where people aren't traveling and seeing family, you're looking for any sort of familiarity and constant that you can find. And it was funny how much I found it from Illinois basketball in the last three days. And, and to be honest, the first two days were almost unfamiliar. <laughs> yeah. They were so good. and so dominant. I, I, that, that good Illini fear came back a little bit yesterday, uh, watching that game. And I think that that's going to make the team better and make them, uh, stronger down the line. But I was really, I was, I was almost emotional with how great it felt to get to watch Illinois basketball again.
3: Uh, I'm, I'm, Really excited about the season. I'm so disappointed that Auburn can't be in the playoff. Though. <laughs> oh yeah, Auburn, such,
7: such a
4: bummer.
7: It can't, it couldn't happen to you. Know what? Oh, don't say that. That's another example of Bruce Pearl being framed. He's just been consistently framed for 25 years everywhere he goes. It's amazing how it all works out. Let's
1: talk a little bit of baseball uh, as it pertains to uh, the Cardinals couple of key uh, free agents there or key guys that uh, Cardinal fans would like to see re signed. What are you hearing on Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright?
7: Yeah, starting with Wainwright, I think that uh, if I would, I think for the record, I think both of them will eventually come back to St. Louis. If there's one I would say is more likely right now, I'd actually probably say it's Wainwright because I think that he was kind of potentially eyeing Atlanta. You know, he's from Atlanta, he has family in Atlanta, he started his career in the Braves organization. I think uh, there was a little bit of a thought that maybe there would be some emotional aspect for him to maybe go back to Atlanta and finish his career there. But Atlanta just signed two starting pitchers, uh, Charlie Morton and Drew Smiley. I'm not sure they have a spot in their rotation. And so that's really an option for him. And I don't know if there's going to be a lot of other teams really eager to grab him. So I think Wainwright, uh, the path at least resistance, is is for him to come back. I still think Molina uh, is likely to come back too. He's going to want a two-year deal. To me, uh, the question is whether or not a team like the Mets or the Yankees, both of which potentially have openings at catcher, have decided they're willing to take kind of the offensive downgrade there to have the emotional leadership of, of Yadi on that team. I'm not sure. Both of those front offices, are. I think the Mets are a team to maybe worry about. It's kind of funny to think of the Mets signing Yachty or Molina because since 2006 he's been booed every single time he steps to <laughs> the plate. Uh, every time he plays in a Mets game because of 2006. But uh, I still feel like the the odds are good that both of them are going to come back, Uh, particularly because I'm just not sure how you know. Obviously, people relate to the pool situation, but you know, there's no like there's no team that's going to pay. Three four years or uh, more, or that much a ton of money for either one of these guys. These guys are in their late thirties. They're good quality players. I think they contribute to a team, but there's kind of an emotional tax. I think everybody understands the Cardinals will be willing to pay that probably no other team will. So my my guess is still that they're probably going to both come back.
3: And what do you hear with the Cubs? Uh, we know that there's a shakeup in the making.
7: Yeah, you know, you look and see how many free agents. I mean, obviously those four main guys they've 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 got. To me, Bryant seems the most likely to be traded, uh, because you know, the, every teams need a third baseman. they like that's something that, that everyone can kinda of use. He had a little bit of a down year last year, though I think everyone kind of thinks of twenty twenty as a little bit of a of, not, not so much a mulligan, but certainly in hardly normal circumstances. I think Bryant, uh, even with one year left on his contract, and considering some of the frustrations, frankly, he's had uh, with kind Cubs of management, uh, I think he's the most likely guy to go, particularly because he's also a little bit older. You know, people always forget, you know, he won for, he won rookie of the year after Bryce Harper, but he's older than Bryce Harper. I mean, you know, I think that uh, Chris Bryant is a little older than I think people realize. I think he's the most likely guy uh, to go. I think someone like Baez is someone they hope they'd like to be able to get a, a long-term extension in. I think it's more likely for a Baez than necessarily for Bryant. So I think that, that, that if there's one guy you think the Cubs are going to move and to me, you know, obviously there's, there's there's other big parts of that team that have been around, you know, Lizzo and Hayward and, and and so on. But, you know, with Lester leaving to me, uh, Bryant, uh, you know, that's the guy that fielded the ball that was smiling when he fielded the ball, (laughs) when the Cubs won the world series in 2016 as a Cardinal fan, it's still hard for me to say that out loud, but it is true. It did happen. And, uh, so to me, that feels like the, that's close to an end of that era of Cubs baseball as you'll find, really, if they were to trade Bryant. But it certainly looks like that's something that's going to happen.
3: And Springer is there any chance that the Cardinals could get Springer? They need an outfielder. In case you hadn't heard,
7: <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah, he's a very logical pickup for them, right? Like that, to me, you know, I, I he fits kind of so much what they're wanting. I, it's just hard to it's hard to imagine a place in, where they're they're not willing to pay 12 million for. Hold Wong for one year, that they're going to be willing to pay 20 million for four or five years, which I think is what it's going to take for Springer. It may take more, to be honest. But I think you know if the market truly collapses uh, around Springer, and I think certainly we're going to have a pretty depressed market with, uh, uh, because I, I I think it's becoming increasingly clear most teams are not going to have fans uh, for a while anyway, at, at least at the beginning of the season. I think there's no question that's going to make uh, teams more hesitant to put big long-term deals. But someone will pay for Springer. You know he's a terrific hitter. He can still play some center field. He's obviously a perfect fit for the Cardinals. But you know you really got to have the stomach for a deal like that. If the Cardinals don't have the stomach for a uh, short-term, one-year deal with a guy that I would argue is the linchpin of their entire defense, uh, it's hard to imagine uh, they're going to be willing to do that. Do that for Springer. I think I can see someone more like maybe a Jock Peterson like maybe a one- or two-year deal for someone like that. Uh, but uh, to see them go all out on Springer, uh, even if they decide they want to go a little bit past where they're comfortable with Springer, I feel like there's another team that will still go farther. Springer's just too good of a player uh, for the Cardinals, to, uh, the, the way that they're looking. It's is a team that is more dependent on, on gate revenue than other teams, not entirely dependent on gate revenue, but I think more dependent than other teams. It's hard to imagine the Cardinals pushing that, uh, pushing that all the way.
1: Good stuff, Will Leach. Always appreciate your time. We'll do it again soon. And uh, I was going to ask you one more thing about uh, the White Sox. Tony Larusa, your thoughts on that
4: <laughs> that hire?
7: You know it's it, obviously it would it would seem like there'd be a little bit of a culture clash there with uh, not, uh, and not just uh, not just like I mean with Laus just being so old and being some, from a different, different generation of baseball. I will say this though that I will give this solace to White Sox fans and listen. I think with his DUI arrest, I think that's something that's got to be seriously discussed well. I will say as a Cardinals fan, uh, and watching him for cook Man's that team for 16 years, and Lauren, you can speak to this too. They dry, He would drive you crazy. He would do stuff that would make you man- almost embarrassed that this guy was your manager. There'd be times you'd be way over the top and have, and you'd be like, okay, this guy. I, I don't know if I'm proud of having this guy as the face of my franchise. But man, when you were on the field. That was the one guy that you knew took losses worse than I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Ross and Musa hates to lose. It drives him, and when he loses a game, he stays up all night thinking about how upset he was about that loss and how he could not lose the next game. That's probably a difficult person to be around in the real world, but he's a nice guy managing your team when you want them to win. Well, so I, 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 think it's, I think it's tough, but uh, I, I understand at least the logic behind it.
3: Well, Roland always loved him. They had a great relationship.
7: Yeah, Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny, too, because, like, Scott Rowland, I mean, Scott Rowland never – I mean, I know Philadelphia didn't like him, but generally speaking, like – Scott Rowland was hardly some hot dogging guy, right? Like he would hit a home run, put his head down, and uh, not lift it until he got around the bases. So I think it's I think Tony La Russa, for all the talk about the culture clash and the different young uh, young players and uh, you know from different cultures, uh, Tony La Russa it really kind of always offended anyone no matter where they were from <laughs> at <some laughs> point, uh, during the time he was managing. And uh, but listen, he also won two World Series, is one of the winning managers of all time. He uh, I it's I don't know if I would. Want him to manage the Cardinals now, and I don't know if he's the right fit for the White Sox. But when he is your manager, he does everything in his power to win. And uh, sometimes, like, look, we all got after the the Rays in the World Series when they took out Blake Snell uh, when when he was pitching so well. Everyone was so upset about that. I guarantee you, Tony La Russa would not have done that. He is not that kind of analytically driven uh, manager. So I think that sometimes. Sometimes you might like it having have him as the guy, but uh, certainly uh, he comes with a huge number of question marks as well.
1: Good talking to you, Will. We appreciate your time. Thank you.
7: Thanks, Will. Of course. Be, be safe, guys. Stay, stay well. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: You too. Thank you. Will Leach with us. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, hour number one in the books of Illini Pella, Saturday Sports Talk. Hour number two will be led off with uh, Dion Thomas. Then we'll have plenty of time for an open line the rest of the way if you'd like to join us. Back with more after this.
0: It's the second hour of I Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome
1: back to the show, 10.05 is the time. On I Palace, Saturday Sports Talk, Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly with you until 11. We've had a busy first hour of a show where we thought we would be at the football stadium by this hour. <laughs> but uh, no football game today. The Ohio State game canceled. Thanks to our guests in the uh, first hour of the show, Jeremy Werner, uh, Jay Layman, and Will Leach. Leading off hour number two with some basketball talk with the man in the middle, Dion Thomas, is uh, with us. Dion, how are you, my friend?
8: Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm actually a part of the virtual stadium club right now, so you may hear Kevin Mitchell talking in the background, and I may have to hop off pretty quickly because I'm announcing one of the donors of the week, so let's get to it.
1: You let me know when you need to hop off, and we'll make that, uh, make that work for you. Your thoughts after the first three games, the first two blowouts, and then a uh, tougher-than-expected game, uh, at least by many, yesterday against Ohio.
8: Well, I. Oh my gosh, Steve, I'm sorry. They're calling me up now. So if you can give me like two or three minutes, they call me back. I'll hop back on.
1: We'll do All that. Right, Thank fine. you. I like live radio, don't you? It's just uh, nothing a, like it. A lot of fun. It uh, you just kind of wing it. We talked about Audibles off the top. We're we'll calling one right now, but we'll make it work, and uh, we'll call Dion back in just a little bit. Uh, on the Big Ten football schedule today, Maryland plays at Indiana at eleven. Penn State at Michigan. You would have thought, oh man, Penn State playing in Michigan, two of the best programs ever. Yep. One of the teams is zero and five, and the other is two, two and three. Two of the
3: best programs ever. Yeah.
1: Yep. So uh, they're playing at the Big House today, Northwestern and Michigan State at two thirty. Rutgers at Purdue at three, and then uh, another game, Minnesota Wisconsin was canceled. So two of the seven scheduled games this weekend in the Big Ten will not happen on the football field. Some other Basketball scores involving Big Ten teams from yesterday and last night. Maryland beat Navy, eighty-two, fifty-two. Iowa, Luca Garza. Oh man, forty-one points, fourteen out of fifteen from the field. He had thirty-six points at halftime and hadn't missed a shot.
3: You know, you uh, somebody mentioned that you know that uh, Iowa is playing like a national player of yeah. the year. <laughs> you got to get past Garza, man, alive. He's twelve for twelve in the first half, and then he missed a shot, Steve. They stopped the game. <laughs> <laughs> how dare he? But he only took three shots the whole second half. So, I mean, they had the game, and he didn't have to do it. But when, when they need him, he's a murderer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you stop him.
1: Yeah, they beat Southern 103-76. to Rutgers got 30 from Ron Harper Jr. to beat Fairleigh Dickinson by a score of 96-75. Wisconsin over Arkansas, Pine Bluff, 92-58. Another score of note, Marquette beat uh, Eastern Illinois. Seventy-five to fifty. Do you see uh, the Syracuse team that uh, had been
3: I out did.
1: out for a while? They played Bryant and won by one point.
3: They didn't start Griffin, but
1: he had 14 points and 15 rebounds.
3: And, and he talking about Allen came, came off the bench and <laughs> was the best player on the team.
1: He was. Then there was a little brouhaha of words, uh, not between directly between the coaches, but after Beheim said, you know, we shouldn't have played that game, we didn't have a chance to practice and all that, well, the uh, the Bryant, because they they only beat them by one. Uh-huh. Well, the Bryant coach, when he heard about that, said, hey, time out. We tried to have them reschedule the game. We offered to reschedule the game five times. They said they wanted to play. They wanted to play the game. They needed to play the game on that date. So don't, you know. so the, Oh, so
3: it's not a year to make excuses like that. No, it's not. Everybody's got problems. Everybody. Hey, Illinois is going along here. Nobody's even mentioned the fact that Hutcherson and Verdunk are not playing. Right. Well, look, I mean, though I could have seen either one of those guys crack the Illinois lineup at one at one time based on what we knew uh, before they were injured. Uh, you know, I this is this is hurtful. I mean, who knows how they how this would have worked out.
1: Yeah, and the one concern I still have is not DeMonte Williams so much playing the four at times because he's shown he's done that. I just think they need somebody else stepping up. Georgie is not going to work there, I don't think.
3: And Muscle. You need a little muscle. Yes, you do. And verdunka has got it. He's he does, the, but he's we don't know perf- what he can do. But. That's true. I mean, he's got the – but we saw a little we saw, we know he's got the perfect body is all I'm saying. And as and far as I can tell, he's got enough athleticism – but I, again, I don't know. I haven't seen him play on Well,
1: you've got the perfect body for an old golfer. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't always work out, does it?
3: I, no, but I don't think i got a perfect body. Either. <laughs> well, I've been told. I my, appreciate, I appreciate uh, you saying that, Steve. I've but. been told I, my,
1: my glasses prescription are not,
3: not <laughs> right on at the moment. You better get a check.
1: <laughs> three five six nine three nine seven is the number if you'd like to. Uh, Jump in here real quick. We're going to try to get uh, Deion Thomas back on uh, the phone. Gonzaga looks pretty good uh, early, don't they?
4: Well,
3: yeah. I mean, they are, everybody say they're America's team. They're an international team. They get players from everywhere.
1: You know, I read that they flew two planes. Yeah. Into, uh, where in, they play it, in Indianapolis?
3: In case, yeah. Just, or no, they're in Florida. Just in case, huh? Yeah.
1: That's interesting. Dion Thomas is back with us. Okay, uh, Dion, let's uh, let's go back to yesterday's game and and what you thought of that and uh, the play of Io and and everything else that went on.
8: Oh well, I thought that you know we, we were talking about how I felt about the three games, and I'm sorry I had to hop off of there, but I thought this MTE tournament, or I should say tournament, but but this MTE event was great for the Illini. Of course, with COVID happening and not being able to have the the level of practices or or, um, non-conference games, you had to condense this down to three. And with that in mind, well, not three, but the first three games, but to look at how they performed, the things they were doing, I was very impressed by this team. Yes, the first two The first two games wasn't against our level of competition, but I don't look at that. As a former player and a coach, and of course as an announcer, I look at the little things and how they are executing those things. I thought we played excellent defense, not just in the first two games, but as well against Ohio. I thought the, uh, I look at how the development of those freshmen are coming on. And not offensively, but more so defensively. Can they read plays? Are they in the right help positions? And I thought they are coming along extremely well. And when you fast forward and you look at, not fast forward, but you move over and you look at the offensive side of the ball, those first two games we had an explosion of offense. We saw how guys have the ability to shoot the ball, which was one of the questions that everyone had about this Illini team last year and and talked about how far we could go or not go in the tournament. I think we have shown that this is a team that will definitely be able to shoot the ball a lot better than what they did yesterday. Um, Not yesterday, but what they did last year. Moving fast forward to the Ohio game. I know a lot of our fans may have been a little disappointed or or questioned what was taking place in that game, but that Ohio team is a very, very good team. I mean, it's led by an NBA guard who will be a draft pick, who has suffered through some of the most horrific things in this young man's life and has continued to strive and become a better player. I likened him on the radio when I was like with Brian, and I told him he and Io's game are very similar. I mean, very similar in size very similar in mentality about how they have to lead their teams and how they have to look at it from the offensive end um, of the court. And I was very impressed with the way Illinois played. The the main focus on that game was not allowing their three-point shooters to knock down a lot of three-point shots, which allowed their point guard to be able to do a few other things and show what he could do. But Illinois played really well on defense. Their, their other two scores, they were really able to keep them under control. Uh, Van de Plas had a, a big game, but you know, no one is expecting big guys like that to go and shoot the ball from the logo. <laughs> so, right. You know, other than you know a few of the threes that he knocked down, Illinois played extremely well defensively. But I have to really take my hat off to Ayo DeSumo. And I know a lot of people wondered how he was going to be coming back and what they would think. To watch how he took over that game, not just in the first half, but how he kept an Illinois team in the game, you know, going back and forth as we struggled with a little bit of energy after uh, the three games. And also the way DeMonte played. And, you know, DeMonte took a lot of uh, heat last year when people questioned about his ability to score the basketball and things like that. DeMonte has always, even as a freshman, been in the right place at the right times doing the right thing. And you know he constantly is going to give you effort on the defensive end and make smart plays on the offensive end. And now no, I shouldn't say now. Starting at the end of last year and has continued into this year has been one is one of our best three point shooters. And he's still making the other, you know, right decisions that he's doing. So he ended yesterday's game with a double-double, which was his first. And I don't think that'll be his last.
3: Uh, somebody asked him after the game, asked Damani, about whether he felt like he should take that clutch three toward the end of the game there. And he said, I was wide open. And you know what? He's been wide open on every three-point shot taken. He's shooting he's shooting open shots. I mean, he's got to make that shot. There are a thousand... Ten thousand high school kids in the country—they're gonna make that shot if they're wide open. I mean, that's all he's doing. He's not working for a shot. He's—he's he's being the re- receiver. I mean, that's perfect for him. I mean, he's not forcing anything, and I think that's important. I, the other thing I that I uh, am concerned about, uh, Dion, is getting some balance in the scoring, and and getting more out of um, maybe Frazier for sure, and trying to and, and not allow I O to become a one-man team. I don't want to see that develop.
8: Well, no. I mean, let's let's go back to Demonte. I mean, yeah, Lauren. There's not there's not a thousand people that can shoot the ball like that. I mean, when you they may be able to do that in practice, but well, when you're stepping out there on that, no, that's what I, when Those lights are on. Right. No, no. I know. I know. I just want. I want right. the fans to understand that 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 is that is still a very difficult thing. So I love his answer that yes, he's open and that's a shot that he has to knock down. I think. Demonte has always understood about that he has to grow and continue to grow as a player, and I think he's showing the hard work he put in practice at Illinois, and then of course back during this this COVID uh, situation with his um, high school coach back in Peoria has really paid off. So he's playing with a confidence that allows him to do that. That doesn't allow you know, so he's not second guessing or questioning his shots, which has allowed him to be able to go and shoot him with confidence, and it looks great. And as far as the balance, I think we'll have a balance in scoring. Uh, we'll get I, – IO's going to score 20-plus points a game, and that's because he has the ability to do it. He has the IQ to know when and when not to do it. And Kofi will be that second double um, uh, double-digit score. And you'll have a third score, whether it's Adam Miller – whether it's Trent Frazier, whether it's DeMonte and, you know, and even Jacob Granderson as well as, um, oh my gosh, um, Austin. So we have other guys that'll be able to score the basketball. So I think we'll have a consistent score. I feel good that Adam uh, Miller will be that third score and then we'll have a fourth from someone else. So I don't think that that is, should be a major concern um, right now, it's the third game. They're growing into and still learning who they are on the court. Especially our freshmen are starting to play with a lot of confidence, and I don't, I don't, I don't foresee that as an issue.
3: You see uh, Hutcherson or Verdunk coming back to play very soon.
8: Well, I, I think Hutcherson will probably be back before Verdunk. Um, I heard that he re-injured that that foot, and when you're putting all that weight on on your foot, you know it, it takes a little bit longer to heal. I think Austin Hutchinson, um, as they continue to work on his lower back, will get better, and and we should have him back pretty soon.
1: Dion, you okay on time? So we I got a couple. We got a couple more questions. You okay on time now?
8: Uh, yes, I am.
1: Couple of big man questions. You played the position. You coached. I think I've got one. Lauren's got one. Mine is. How do you teach a big guy that when he catches the ball in there to keep it up and not bring it down to where the little guys can knock it away? Kofi has that issue, and so does Georgie.
8: Well, that that's one of those things that, you know, really you learn over time. And I know Orlando Atigua and the other coaches are stressing that to not bring the ball down. Um, and it, So how do you learn it? And it's one of those things, you have to constantly run drills, and they're constant reminders. But when you catch the ball in the post, and it's not so much them bringing the ball down. In my opinion, from what I saw, especially in the last game, is the speed that they're making their move. It's as if they're thinking about what to do instead of making the move and making it quickly. When Georgie got the ball in the post, for example, he took one dribble and went right up with his jump hook. That worked perfectly for him. And that's what he has to get to and get to more consistent on that is really making a decision on how the defense is playing them, whether I'm going left or right. Now, when Kofi gets the ball in the middle of the paint, I think Kofi is thinking more so, let me get in here and dunk the basketball, which is causing him to put the ball down instead of catching it, keeping it up under his chin, and just jumping and shooting his jump hook. But that's something that comes with time. We all knew that that was an area that Kofi had to work on. I mean, let's remember, this is only his fourth year of playing organized basketball. And where he is in four years, man, I'll take that any day as a coach.
3: Uh, there are always, uh, we saw this last year, dragging Kofi out, you know, def- uh, with, when they set that pick and roll, forcing him to come out with his man. And that seems to be something that uh, teams do an awful lot. Uh, are you satisfied with the way Illinois is handling that?
8: Um, I think there's always room to grow and to get better. And this is one of those areas where, you know, as they move through the season, you're going to be playing against different people and you'll have different game plans. So I don't know what the game plan was yesterday, um, but I thought we had some good contests at the rim. We forced that Ohio team to make some really difficult shots at the basket, which, you know, they were able to make, especially the point guard. He's, I mean, he's an NBA talent. So he's going to make those shots and there's the things that, you know, your job is to make it difficult for them. It, you know, you're not going to stop them all, especially when someone's as talented as that young man is. But what I would like to see, and it's not questioning what the coach has done again, because I don't know what their uh, game plan was is just for maybe Kofi and Georgia to take one step closer uh, to the screen. So it doesn't allow the guard to turn the corner and get downhill. But again, I thought they did a tremendous job on defense. Um, I thought they made Ohio take some very difficult shots, and they just happened to make them.
3: What, uh, what did you do as a defensive center to prevent the back-down plays where they just dribble you back into the basket?
8: You mean if, when the guards come off the
3: screen? Well, uh, it, in regardless of who, who it is, uh, I, there were situations in that game last night where they backed our defender down by dribbling – Back, you know, with their back to the basket, and just taking the the defender all the way in. Because if you if you try to stop it, you're you're going to be fa- called for a foul.
8: Well, I mean, and I'll tell you, give you a little story of what Coach Henson said to me one day, and he was questioning my defense. And my comment was, "Well, Coach, you know, I'm one of the leading shot blockers in the Big Ten. And he told me, he says, "Well, if you were a better defender, you wouldn't have to block so many shots." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
3: if I understand and, that, but that's okay.
8: <laughs> here you go. And this is why. It, it really it, it, it depends on your the work you do before the ball comes inside. So if I was able, as he explained it to me when we sat down, is deny the ball from coming into the post more. Now that post guy doesn't receive the ball, so he doesn't have the opportunity to back you down. But, Lauren, you got to remember, I mean, it's so different today than when I played. I mean, you could put a forearm on people. And then the game, the last game, you know, DeMonte was using his forearm off the post and the referee called a foul on him and said he was pushing and dislodging um, the offensive guy. In my time, that wasn't a foul. So we were able to do that. So now they have to be a little bit uh, craftier on on how they defend players. But trying to keep the ball out of the post will serve you better than when the um, offensive player gets the ball because I don't care who you are in the country, you're at a disadvantage once the offense gets the ball. And so you're trying to guess what they're going to do and how they're going to play and what moves they're going to make. And I would like to remind everybody to remember, these are Division One basketball players. I don't care if it's at the University of Ohio or if it's at Ohio State. These guys earned a scholarship because they're good players, and you just can't stop them all the
1: time. Deon appreciate your time. It's good to have basketball going and uh, the next uh, few weeks are going to be interesting as well with the uh, Baylor game coming up. But uh, thanks for taking time with us. Always good to talk to you.
8: Always a pleasure, gentlemen. I hope you have a great day. You thanks,
1: too. Deon Thomas with us at uh, 1024. We'll take a time out the rest of the way An open line if you'd like to join us. Talk uh, Big Ten football, college basketball, anything else. That might be on your mind. The number is 356-9397. We're back with more after this. Moving up on 1027, on and Saturday Sports Talk with you until 11 o'clock. Have you thought about replacing uh, the windows or doors at your home lately? If so, I'd like to suggest a trip to the Pella Window Store at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Mike, Mary, and the folks there have been assisting homeowners and businesses in central Illinois for a long time. Knocking on the door of 50 years, and they do things the right way. There are a lot of things to consider, of course, when replacing windows or doors. Things like security, comfort, convenience. Well, the Pella Window Store has many examples and samples on the showroom floor and several styles and price ranges. Entry doors, sliding patio doors, hinged patio doors, storm doors, casement windows, all kinds of single and double-hung windows, sliding windows, and specialty windows as well. You can find them all at the Pella Window Store on North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. They're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5, or you can check them out online at PellaOfChampaign.com. That's PellaOfChampaign.com for the Pella Window Store. Might have had some storm damage earlier this uh, summer, perhaps, and when the hail came through, there are the folks to ask about uh, window replacement or repair or screens as well. Had some of that issue at, uh, at my place, and uh, they're on the job over there. So I recommend a call to the uh, folks at the Pillow Window Store if you're in the market for doors or windows. 1028, it was supposed to be, Illinois and Ohio State at 11 o'clock today at Memorial Stadium, where Ohio State would have been a 28-point favorite coming in to that ball game, We'll talk more about uh, the fact that that won't happen and what that, that means in a, a couple of minutes here. We do have the phone lines open if you'd like to join us, and we uh, welcome to the program from the Illini Rebounders Club, Scott Friedline is on the air with us. Scott, good morning. How are you?
9: I'm doing great. How about you?
1: We're doing good. Tell us what's going on with the Rebounders Club. Are you... Uh, Yeah, it's something you're going to do. Are you still going to do it today?
9: Yes, we are, actually. I'm going to give you the winning number for the early bird draw today. Okay. And then we've got the the big draw going on, and I'll kind of explain. This is our 50-50 raffle, and obviously without games uh, or being able to be in the stands, we're doing it online, and we're really encouraging people to get involved in this one because this we hope to be the biggest pot ever um, with the early bird draw and then with the big draw, which includes – four basketball games, and had scheduled two football games, but obviously one of those got canceled today. So um, the draw will occur after the Iowa game uh, next Saturday, and we're hoping for a pot in the tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. So, yeah. Right now our current pot is at $6,098 and uh, growing. Um, And so basically people just need to go on uh, Illini5050.com, and uh, buy their tickets there, and then uh, pay attention. And when the drawings occur, you can go back and check uh, fightinglioneye dot com slash fifty fifty to check your numbers and see if you have the winning numbers.
1: How does that compare to what you uh, normally drew uh, in person?
9: Um, football games are good. Football games, we would draw over ten thousand okay. dollars. Basketball games. Last year, our last game of the season, we had a pot that was over seven thousand. So. It's been a lot more of a struggle. I think part of it is just getting the word out. Um, you know, we've had to do some advertising, which we hadn't had to do in the past. And without sellers in the stands, it's it's harder for people to realize what we're doing um, and then be able to go on the site and, and figure out uh, how to make purchases. It is really, really easy when you go to lineup5050.com uh, to do that. So
1: you're kind of like a lot of us. You're finding out uh, different ways to do things, right?
9: We have to. I mean, it's just such a weird situation we're in right now. And even, I mean, have you ever had a football game canceled other than weather?
3: I no, mean, I don't think so. No,
1: We had the one, yeah, the, I mean, we, we had the people. Friday night game a few years ago when the tornadoes came through and we ended up playing it on Saturday. But uh, yeah. other than that, no. Yeah.
9: yeah. So it's been different. I mean, everything we're doing is so much different. So this is a good chance for people to get involved with U of I sports and athletics, uh, the money from this uh, that we generate, fifty uh, percent obviously goes to the winner. The remaining fifty percent uh, is shared with the uh, rebounders, other booster groups, and uh, the U of I scholarship fund. So it really goes back to benefit the student athletes. You know, with rebounders, we were able to uh, buy some new weight equipment for the weight room, and we have the shot tracker. And you know, if you look at what's happening with the team, we we like to think we're a part of that because we've contributed to that cause. Uh, you look at the, the beefiness of our players and, you know, that may not have been possible had they not had some of the weight equipment they have. So,
1: And uh, this is a year that you won't, uh, at least uh, for the foreseeable future, have the rebounders' luncheons. That that was always big, but uh, again, that goes back to finding different ways to, to keep uh, the club members and the fans involved.
9: Yeah, and we're working on virtual luncheons now uh, with several different ideas related to that and actually expanding from luncheons into doing some virtual happy hours as well. So a chance for people to kind of tune in and and still get some good word on what's going on with the team and hear from the coaches and things like that and hopefully get some players on. Um, You know, it took so long to get a schedule that we're still working on getting the the details of that worked out because we just now have a schedule and we have to see what the coaches' availability is going to be. So, you know, it,
3: it's pretty right. strange, these Zooms in the first place. But in the second place, if you're going to have Zooms, uh, you know, uh, happy hour Zooms, okay, let's all take a drink <laughs> reach over on your table. Exactly. To you. here's, a a to here's to a you. Here's to you. All right,
9: Scott, uh, any, I did want anything to announce else? Though that, yeah, I did want to announce the early bird draw, which we just did. Uh, the winning ticket number for that is A is an Adam, 5099142. Again, that's A5099142, and that's for a special prize. When the winner gets a hold of us, we'll go ahead and uh, get that prize out to them. And uh, they will not be eliminated from consideration for the big draw. It's just, you know, it's a special early bird we're trying to get to get people motivated to uh, uh, get the fifty fifty tickets.
1: Well, we appreciate that update, uh, Scott Friedland. And I wrote the number down, so if anybody missed it, they could call in here and get it, and uh,
9: okay.
1: we'll go from there. Appreciate your time. One last...
9: Yeah, one last thing. Re- uh, these drawings occur, are multi-game events now, and so the drawing starts on Monday. They can buy any time after it goes online or goes live Monday through the games up to, and the drawing will always occur on the last game of the weekend. Okay. So whatever that game, because we have some Friday night or some Saturday night games, some Sunday night games, that kind of stuff. So it'll be whatever the last um, game of that weekend is, the drawing will occur at the end of that game.
1: Sounds good. Appreciate all that information, and good to chat with you.
9: Good chatting with you, too.
1: You bet. Scott Friedlein with the Illini Rebounders Club at 1034. We'll take a quick time out, and be back with more. Then we've got an open line, 356-9397. If you've been waiting to call, you've got about 25 minutes to do so here on Illini Pellas Saturday Sports Talk. 10:36 10:36 as we head towards 11 o'clock on Eye pillow Saturday Sports Talk. The phone line is open. Let's go to Jim, calling us from Peoria. What do you say, Jim?
10: Good morning. How are you guys are doing?
1: Good. How about yourself?
10: Pretty good. I've got a question, or at least I need a clarification. Did uh, with the pandemic and eligibility, did all the f- what sports got an extra year? All of them, or just certain
3: sports? All of did? them.
10: All, all of, of them, them did.
3: All our basketball okay. players can come back. All our football players can come back. All our volleyball players. Everybody. Okay.
10: Yeah. Like a follow follow-up question then. It makes yeah, you wonder just
3: how, how you how you can do that when you got all these freshmen coming in and you got an 85 member uh, uh, limit in in uh, football and what's a 13 member? It's yeah, 13 and it, back.
1: The way I understand it, those scholarships won't count against that number.
3: Where did you hear that?
1: Well, I think I got a f- okay. pretty good information. Okay, good. I'm not positive but I, I have been so. asking about
3: yeah. that and I haven't been able to get an answer right. Go ahead. okay.
10: Next, uh, I guess just as kind of looking into the future, especially as take football team for example, with the shortened season and who knows how many more games they'll get in. what type of guys who who would you think would take that, I guess from a standpoint of maybe trying you know to up their case for an NFL draft or something?
3: Guys like, like you on the team. and guys like you and me that just love to play. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, I'm, yeah, well, I'm serious. I mean, you gotta want to play. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't uh, wouldn't most most and forget about the NFL? Aren't okay. most of aren't most of the guys out there because they just love to play? Right. I mean, right. I mean, where would you rather be? Okay, you're Fraser. Okay, you're Fraser. Where would you rather now? I'm going to use a phrase here. It's called fans. Wouldn't you rather play in front of 15,000 Illinois fans and be somewhere in the G League or somewhere you know where you're playing without fans, without any real connection? I mean, you're over in Europe. You're alone. You. I mean, I mean, I I can just I I know that going to class is not always the most fun. But boy, playing in the Big Ten in basketball that would be a dream of a lot of people, wouldn't it?
10: Right. Yep. I can see that. Yeah, it'll be interesting, I guess, especially with when this, the football season wraps up. Of course, I guess they can probably change their mind right up till next August or whatever. Well,
3: yeah, that's right. And who, going to, uh, who
10: would pick that one, you know?
3: Yeah, well, I think Peters will have to consider it. Uh, that'll be something that it'd be a fifth year for him. I think
1: uh, a guy like Alex Palcheski would consider it uh, as an at, offensive lineman now that he's hurt and out yeah, for the year. Yeah. Uh, he might... Consider that as a way to. No, he
3: he's thinking maybe of a draft possibility. I, I mean, think he's, so. He's thinking about professional football, I and mean, hopefully, and he's he's kind of a, on on the, you know, on the fence on that. I, right. as far as the NFL is concerned, it's. I mean, we're seeing guys like Allegretti and and others that have have really done well uh, that played for Illinois, but not necessarily uh, these. I think the the only lineman I'm sure can play is Green. I think Kramer's got a chance. At center, I, the reason I, I I think he's got a chance is I watch him coming up from the position where he's blocking linebackers, and he gets out and gets on them, and I I think that's that's what you're looking for in a in a center, right? a guy that can move, snap the ball and and move, and he's got he's got good quality. So I I don't know, but I, I think that some of the Illinois players will come back, and it's it's a personal decision for every everyone. They've got maybe what we got thirty guys that are going to consider it, and we got maybe. Fifteen of them that Movie might want, <laughs> you know, because he's not going to want everybody. He Can't afford to take everybody. Right. Can't put everybody on right. scholarship.
10: Right. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see who, how that develops. You know, basketball too. I, I, I would guess there'd be a bigger impact with fewer players like that if a couple of the key players decide to come back. You well, know, think, like about, DeMonte, uh, think about think about Trent.
1: Yeah, Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams.
10: Right. Right. Okay, well,
1: thanks a lot. Yep, Jim, appreciate the call. Appreciate you listening. Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number if you'd like to talk. Uh, you know,
3: other... when he brings that up, Wisconsin's got a bunch of really good players, but I don't know if they're NBA players. And they were all together last year, and now they're all together this year. I bet there's a camaraderie there, and there's a culture. They might come back and all play next year, the same guys, the same five. Do you want to see Luca Garza back? <laughs> well, another year. He could. I'm sorry, I'm
1: a bit surprised. Well, I thought maybe he would he would go, and he did put his
3: name in. But he wasn't a high pick. No, I I understand that. And I don't know how how what he has to do to be a high pick. I I think I'd be considering him. He's a he'd make a good four. Cause he he was three on th- three for three on threes last night. Yep. And that's if if you if you're big and you can shoot the three, that really helps. Let's go back to the phones. Bob and Urbana. Hey,
11: Bob. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Let me get my, my uh, uh, television or telephone off the radio. Um, speaking of the, the position we were missing last night, don't we need a four, a power forward to go in there? I mean, also they can shoot threes and maybe mix it up because I think that's the spot we're still missing with this team. I, I know where our depth is, but we need that, somebody who can really get in there and, and rough it up with everybody else. And then uh, my second thing, when they when they came out with the the uh, survey for tomorrow where, where the teams are ranked, didn't Ken Palm think of dropping the Illini because of their game last night? And I was wondering how he figures that out or why he thinks we would drop compared to all the rest of the teams in the country.
3: Well, Illinois should drop. I mean, they didn't they didn't play that uh, they were. It was a toss-up game against a very average Ohio team. But right, should drop. that's what I, I mean, thought too. Just because you win, I mean, look, all the, the all the <laughs> rankings of the, for the for the first week were based on what? What were they based on? Somebody's opinion. They weren't based right. on any fact. They weren't based on any games being played. These are preseason prognostications. Once you've got <laughs> games, then you then you have input. And the way people, exactly. the way teams exactly. play, they, the way teams play is how you should vote, not, not whether they won or lost necessarily. If you play a really bad team and you barely win, you should fall probably. Yeah, and when right. you blow
1: out really bad teams, you don't
3: get much of a. That's exactly right. Much of a rise for that. No.
11: Well, then, then I thought yesterday, I thought Ohio played, uh, and I, I go back to my years watching Lou Henson's team. When my, when my heart, uh, heart was beating in my throat, and I go, oh, my gosh, we got, we're four down with a minute and a half to go. And that other team, I thought Ohio played a magnificent game uh, taking us out of what we wanted to do. They got our, our big guys to put the ball on the floor so they could go and, as Coach said, they could rake it away just like you're raking leaves. Well, we've got issues that need to be solved uh, to get us on, on the level where we can go and compete. Now, we might play well uh, coming up against Baylor, but uh, they're a pretty good team. So I'd, I'm going to maybe we can come back and, and be really good. Oh, we'll one. know
3: all we need to know after, after we play Drake and after we play Duke and after we play Missouri and get into the Big Ten. You're going to find out all you need to know. Right well, now, we don't know.
1: Well, Did any of you think that after three games you'd have it all figured out, that you, would, you wouldn't have <laughs> no. any, any concerns or any issues?
11: No, that's true. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know. And then, then Garza, here's, here's the thing. Iowa played well enough to be player of the week. Then Garza puts up 40, uh, uh, 41 points, and he'll probably get player of the week. So what are you going to do? you got two All-Americans going against each other every week in the Big Ten Conference, which I think is going to be just marvelous. And then Wisconsin's really good. Iowa's really good. Uh, you know, you go down the list, and here we are, and I see some of the weaknesses we have. And we're going to be scrambling in some spots with other teams that are going to, you know, have have us in their scope, and we're going to get this team this time. I think of last year. Wisconsin wants to get us. Iowa wants to get us. Sure. It's Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for taking my call. Yep. Appreciate the call. Well, thanks, let's Bob.
3: See, we got 23 games I know of that are going to be pretty contested and how many of those you're going to win? I don't right. know. And, and oh, a, most of them are going to be toss ups.
1: And with the home court not being a factor. Yeah. Anywhere, not yeah. just here, but anywhere. Yeah. You talked about Garza and Iowa having these week to week battles. The sad thing about all that is they only play once.
3: Yeah, in the you regular got them season, here, though. Huh?
1: Yeah, I'd like to see him play about four times, <laughs> home and home, in the Big Ten championship game, and somewhere down the road in the NCAA tournament,
3: like in the Final Four. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd
1: be kind of sweet. 1046, we'll take a quick timeout. Keep the phone line open. 356-9397 is the number. Back after this. 1048. Final 12 minutes or so of Alani Pella Saturday Sports Talk. 356-9397. No football game today, of course, at Memorial Stadium. Ohio State made the decision last night not to uh, make the short trip, uh, the short flight over for the ball game. We still don't know exactly how many numbers or how many people involved. And we may not know that, but Ohio State officials are saying they didn't reach the, what is it, 5%? Yes. Uh, We're hearing that maybe they didn't reach that number, but it
3: just took Well, if they they didn't reach that number, why wouldn't they play?
1: That's a good question.
3: I mean, you know, they were desperate to play. Yep. I don't understand why Borchers would make a statement like that if if they could have played when it, when it means so much to them on the national level. What do you got, Adam?
12: This is from Lantern Sports which is I believe OSU student it newspaper. It is, yep. Borchers said they made daily decisions on whether to practice or not and that they did not reach a threshold that would have held them out of practice until Friday. Smith said there Well have they did
3: then reach a threshold by Friday. And Friday, yeah. So well they, if they, reach they the reached the threshold. A Friday. Okay.
12: Uh, Smith said there have not been conversations on changing Big Ten protocols, including the twenty one day holdout period and six game minimum to be eligible for the Big Ten title game. So they haven't had those discussions.
1: And that's I don't understand it, but well, that's the reason, because they had not hit the threshold, that they were still considering playing and did not make the decision until Friday, Friday when they night hit the when th- they hit the
12: threshold.
3: Well, when they hit the threshold, yeah. it's, it's over. Right. Yeah.
12: And if you got 21-day holds, that means you're done for the season.
3: Yeah.
1: Or at least those players are, yeah, it, it, depending on how many there are. And I don't know about all the contact, tracing. You know, Illinois, as we talked about in the first hour, everybody said, well, Illinois had some people, but. They played, yeah, but they only had two positive cases.
3: But they had twenty players out at one time for a whole variety of reasons. Right. That's a lot of players and and when when we look back on this season and I'm gonna look there and go say, Well you won just two games. Well, I'm gonna tell you, if Illinois had, had if, if 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 Illinois had, had a quarterback and had their players for Purdue, I think Illinois could have beaten Purdue. I think they would have beaten Purdue. I think Illinois is better than Purdue. Now, that doesn't mean you would necessarily win, but I think that their position would have been a lot different.
12: I mean, among those out were regular old twisted ankles and yeah. this yeah. and yeah. that. It wasn't yeah. all COVID. It was, you know, I, I that's bruised right. my thigh.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Or they were the roommate of some one of the two guys yeah. that but
3: when tested, you, tested. The when you take was out because When you take Peters and Kramer out, you take your center and your quarterback out, that's, that's tough to overcome. And then you have to shake up your line. I mean, it's a whole different, but there's a whole bunch of things. But I'm just saying, without the virus, I think Illinois would have beaten Purdue. That's just an opinion. It's probably a good one. I'm sure that there are plenty of people in West Lafayette that would disagree.
1: Ten fifty one. If you want to get in here on this show, you've got about eight or nine minutes. Three five six nine three nine seven. So the three of us suddenly don't have anything to do this afternoon. <laughs> You gonna watch some uh, other football ins- games?
3: Yeah, I'll get on the couch and watch TV, I think yeah. so Northwestern
12: Michigan State should be interesting. I, I'm rooting for Northwestern. I think.
1: I think a lot of people They're would. up
12: at East Lansing today. Yeah,
1: In Michigan State yeah. missed last week's game, so they haven't played for a little bit. And uh, Northwestern's been winning those close games. Their defense really looks good. Defense,
3: defense wins.
1: Also uh, today, Maryland at number twelve, Indiana. Penn State and Michigan, both those games starting here shortly at 11. The Northwestern-Michigan State game is at 2.30. Rutgers and Purdue at 3. The Minnesota-Wisconsin game canceled. Canceled, so two of the uh, seven Big Ten games. That's
12: a lot of TV inventory to cancel. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Holy cow.
3: Every week. Yeah.
1: So as far as basketball coverage, Mr. Bond on the Fighting an Sports Network, everything go... Okay. other than being a little weird with uh, no fans in the arena?
12: Yeah, I think it went fine, except, you know, I was taken out a game still with (laughs) lingering COVID problems, I guess. But, um, yeah, everything went well. But, yeah, it is strange. You, You can't look at the stands because they're empty and you're hearing... That it's full, you know, it doesn't it doesn't make sense.
3: Well, that, that changed uh, in the three games. It did. Yeah, the crowd noise I, in the, the crowd noise inside the arena was all the different.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was a little bit annoying the first first time out.
3: Oh, they you think they they toned it down? I They do. must have misdirected it or something. They they evidently had it directed at the media, the toward the media, and yeah. there were a lot of complaints from some guys. And and uh, you know, Robert Rosenthal went home. He just left the game. He couldn't couldn't take the noise. But they. Um, They adjusted that. It was definitely adjusted.
12: Yeah, I think yesterday. See, I don't know what it it also. It was a lot quieter yesterday during the timeout. I don't
1: think he was anybody that was um, affected by it or bothered by it. Was not the crowd noise itself. It was the the loudness of the music and the reverberation of the speakers and such like that. The crowd noise was. It was just there Mm -hmm. and didn't match a lot of times with the action, and, it's, and that's hard to do. <laughs> oh, it's very hard to do, yeah. So, you know, to have something ongoing in the background, I, I get that, but to try to bring it up when there's an exciting play, it, it never does quite match up.
12: No, because the crowd timing on it would be, in yeah. real life, would be much different. Yeah.
1: Now, Wednesday night, Indianapolis, you guys plan at this moment to be there, right?
12: To be there, and it's a 9 o'clock Central Time tip. So... We'll there w- see what all that brings. I know there,
1: there will be. We've done two on the football side, remote broadcasts, and there'll be some of those in the basketball season as well on road games. But as of now, you guys plan to be over Now, in didn't
12: one of the teams, they replaced a, a whole game in that? that? This is the Jimmy who, V class. Who, who played? plays the first
3: game? I'm sorry, I don't know.
12: Well, I think the teams have been replaced because whoever was there uh, – Bowed out because of COVID. Yeah, I think Gonzaga goes there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Hang on, I think. I think
12: Gonzaga's
3: bowed out of it. I don't know. I don't think so. I think Gonzaga's nope. playing it. <laughs> um, well, then their opponent We'll, we'll bowed look out. It at that. We'll have it here, and we got seconds to do this.
1: Oh, we got more than that. We, I'll get on. We need to take one final break, so we'll do that right now, and come back
12: and figure out who's playing the other game. With some
1: final words after this, stay with us. A couple of minutes left here on Illinois Palace Saturday Sports Talk. That first game in Indy on uh, Wednesday night will be Gonzaga and West Virginia, who stepped in for Texas Tech, right? I think
3: so. Or somebody
1: I, that decided to pull out of that. So
3: The main thing is who's playing, and it is Gonzaga number one against West Virginia, and then Baylor number two against Illinois.
1: Could have, since somebody pulled out of that first game, you, they, they could have said, well, you're going to now play the last game and move the no, <laughs> Illinois game to the first game. <laughs> 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock are the two times they have for those. Uh, Eastern time.
3: No, no. no. So ten, 10 o'clock uh, Eastern, Eastern, 9 yeah. o'clock yeah. our time, and that means yeah. the game will be, uh, you know, if the first game ends on time and everything. Which it but you uh, won't. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be 11.30 before we know who won, maybe.
1: Yeah, that's coming up Wednesday. So, uh, And then uh, there's a scheduled tentatively scheduled basketball game a week from today
12: yep. against tba
1: against tba tech
12: <laughs> <laughs>
1: to be uh, announced that would be at the state farm center but th- there's also a football game that day that we don't know the time for yet the iowa game well, the
3: reason you don't uh, yeah and they're not going to announce the basketball right. time until they know the football time exactly they're not going to play them at the same time
1: nope and that uh, we'll know the football time With
3: the football we know it's not going to be at night it's either going to be 11 or 2 30 all Correct. right
1: Yeah, and we'll know that probably tomorrow.
3: So you could start the basketball game at 9 o'clock at night.
1: Start the basketball game at 9 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) 9 o'clock in the morning, yeah. (laughs) All right, that's going to take care of things. We appreciate uh, the phone calls. Thanks to our guests uh, on the show this week. We'll be back with you at a super secret time next week or an undetermined time. We'll let you know how that goes as well. If it's an 11 o'clock game, we'll be here at 8, like we thought we would be today. If it's a 2.30 game, we'll be on at our regular time. Mr. Tate, have a good afternoon. All right. Thanks to Ed Bond for his contribution and to Blake Landa as well on WDWS in Champaign-Urbana. appreciate you listening. Steve Kelly for all the aforementioned folks. Have a good weekend, everybody.